Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. So we are here with uh, Julie Silgasted. Oh my gosh, we just tried this <laughs> right before we got on mic and it's still horrible. But no, I, I love the effort. The effort's fantastic. Um, so you are in the promotion business. Your company is uh, Maris? Maris Promotions, yes. So uh, we're actually in the, the industry is experiential marketing, but we're in the business of building brands through face-to-face experiences. Okay. So is that, I mean, so I, I hear of like um, um, branding experts and stuff like that. Is it similar kind of ideas or something that kind of separates your kind of uh, model compared to, I guess, those quote-unquote branding experts? So our our niche is a piece of an overarching marketing plan or campaign. So uh, we work with a lot of CBG brands, beverage, alcoholic beverage, cosmetics. And what we do is we help them market to their target customer through face-to-face interactions, whether it be in-store demos, at trade shows, festivals, um, music, you know, concerts, wherever they need us to activate their brand, that's what we do. So branding experts, I don't know if I would say that, but I would definitely say um, we're experts at providing the best experience possible to relate to the brand, to get people to go buy it and to become loyal customers. So is it your team that's interacting with the clients or do you teach the customer how to kind of interact with the clients and you're kind of facilitating it? So we're facilitators. So a client will come to us and say, you know, I need to have 20 demos at Ralph's in June. Um, And so what they would work with an account coordinator within the company in the office and that account coordinator is the first stop. We have our regional brand specialists who are highly connected to our brand ambassadors in the field. And they match those brand ambassadors to the brand, get them all set up to execute these demos. We do the scheduling and coordination and get them all their you know, marketing assets like giveaways or anything like that and handle all the logistics. We're, we're essentially the behind the scenes to make this all happen. So let's say, hypothetically, I was looking to bring you on, right? Bring mm-hmm. you on for a thing. But I was horrible with people, horrible talking to people, and I really didn't have the greatest communication skills. Was that something you guys would train to or help out with? I would say I'm not sure this is the right seat on the bus for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair I would say. I'd be like, mm, maybe you need to be behind the scenes or, um, you know, maybe in technology or something. I don't know. Um no, it's definitely the our brand ambassadors who are in the field, who are the ones who are engaging with the customer, the target customer directly, um, you know, helping to encourage sales, educating them about the products. You know, there's definitely a certain personality and you have to be comfortable talking to people. You have to be comfortable engaging people and asking questions. Hey, come on over. Um, so fairly outgoing, but also real and authentic. Um so, you know, we do have some of our brand ambassadors who are 
on the quiet side when they're in a setting with us, like when we do our team meetings and things like that. But then when they're out in the field, they're just these superstar salespeople. So there's also that dichotomy, but it definitely requires a certain kind of personality. And, you know, it's when I started the company 11 years ago, it, there was a shift from the people in the field being promotional models where, you know, we just stand there and look pretty and hand out a coupon or so. Um, there's still a need for that, but with the move to social media and social media growth, you know, we really started needing people who are more engaging and who could actually have conversations with people and really educate about the brand. Um, because we're, you know, I mean, you know, you find that this, we all, we're humans. We thrive on this interaction, which is so funny in the, the situation we're in right now. And now we're having to modify our lives and, and our experiences, but either way, you know, there's, there's definitely a certain type of person and personality that has to, to be a fit for this because we want them to ultimately sell and engage. Okay. I have two questions from, from that right there. Yeah. What do you see from some of the best um, interactions, best returns for your clients? What are the traits that those individuals had and some of the worst like um, situations you put together? What are some of the traits that they have? Yeah. So the best traits to be a brand ambassador, if we're fo- focusing on that, you one for our clients, we want to make sure that you would actually be a consumer yourself. So, um, you know, for example, like a craft beer, we have our Smarty Pints team, they're Seastrom level one certified. They're super duper craft beer consumers. So with our craft beer customers, our craft beer clients and brands, those are the people that we want to use first and give the work to first because we know that they're, they're customers themselves. So they're really going to be able to speak intelligently about the product and the brand and what they're serving and, and promoting. Um, we don't really have any worse case scenarios. We have a vetting process with our new team members and um, we really look for people who exude our core values and highlight those people that are on our team with our Miris Marvel program. So yes, every now and then we might get a dud or, you know, one say one sales rep really loves one particular person. And then we match that to another sales rep. We're like, Oh, you know, John really liked Susie. And then, but then Bob doesn't necessarily like Susie or doesn't think that he's the, that she's the best fit. So there's been those kinds of occasions, but it's not that Susie is a terrible person. It's just, they're not a fit for that match with that particular sales rep, but that's rare. So I'm, I'm assuming the structure of kind of knowing who fits with who, how the process should go, wasn't learned currently. It was learned in those 11 years that you've kind of been doing the promotional stuff. So kind of walk me through that that history of how you kind of gained the knowledge, how you knew this was going to be the platform for you, how you're going to start the business. Yeah, all the good stuff. Let's see. I was born in – no, I'm just kidding. I was born. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, looking back – I definitely always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but I don't think I realized that until I became an entrepreneur. And I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was selling things all the time. I was pulling stuff from my room and selling it, you know, to my neighbors and um, making perfume from flowers, you know, all these different things. But 
you know, I went to school, to college, ultimately to be a teacher. Um, I was a first kindergarten, first grade teacher for a few years. Um, then all the budget cuts happened in the early 2000s, and it was really difficult to have to reapply and re-interview every single year. It was just really um, de- demoralizing. I don't know if that's the right word, but discouraging, I guess. And But all the while when I was in college, I was a brand ambassador promotion model on the side, and I loved it. I loved interacting with people, getting them excited about products, um, just the companies that I worked with and the brands I represented, I really enjoyed, and it was really good money. So whatever I was doing, I was doing this on the side and just earning some extra income. And when I got out of teaching, I got into marketing communications and still was doing this on the side for fun. And at the end of 2008, I got in with a a new esoteric brand that was ultimately bought by Bacardi for a lot of money. And I'm like, Hey, I I helped with that. (laughs) But um, I got in with them at the end of 2008 and they just wanted me to work more in-store demos and events and things than I could. So I was like, ding, why don't I, you know, build something, contract to my friends who have been interested in getting into this line of work, making some extra money that I trust and, you know, getting approval, obviously with the, my client to make sure that that was okay. And it was, and train them and got them going. That's how Miris was made. So it was, um, Everything I've learned, I've learned as I go and I have mentors and I have a business coach that I hired at the end of 2015 that took me to a whole other level. I have um, a financial freedom coach now. She works just with entrepreneurs and is kind of like a part-time CFO. So um, that's how it started. It was just an opportunity and I took it and figured it out. This is a question that you know I I don't think I've ever asked, but I'm I'm curious. When you were planning to leave your company, right, the promotional company that you're at previously, to go on your own, mm-hmm. did they try to keep you, or did they actually try to incentivize you to stay with them at all? So I was at the time that I started my company, I was working full time in marketing communications um, at SDSU Research Foundation, and. I had, I started my company and I got a really great contract with a very, very well-known beverage retailer and helping them in with scheduling in-store demos and tastings and things like that and doing their grand openings. So when that happened, it was mid, I guess it must've been mid 2010. Wow. Um, I was able to leave that full-time job. When I started my company, I stopped working for any other promotional agencies. And at the time, everything was contractual. So now in California, you have to be an employee in this particular industry and hire ambassadors as employees. But at the time, it was contractual. So I just made sure to look at all my contracts and make sure that I wasn't breaching anything by starting my own company and getting my own clients. What do you you think gave you the... um... The gumption, I don't know if that's the right word, to say, I can do this, I can build my own company, I can. Uh, I don't need basically this corporation to kind of oversee the promotional aspect of this. I just, in my, in the job that I was in, I loved the work I was doing. And I was, you know, I was able to do the brand ambassador work on the side, but there, there was only one position above me 
So it was going to, and she wasn't going to go anywhere for quite some time. So I knew it would be a long time before I would ever be in any type of leadership position or have that kind of autonomy. Um, but mostly the leadership part where I knew I wanted to lead people and, and do something that way. And so I knew that that was part of why I wanted to go off on my own and, and launch my own company. But also I just knew it was time. You know, I ran the numbers. I knew what I needed to do to build. Um, I knew I needed to have some sort of team. I started with a part-time person who helped me out and I just, it just felt right. I don't know really how else to explain it. I, I definitely weighed the risks and options and things like that, but the numbers were right. And I just felt it. What, um, I mean, was there anything, I know you weighed the risk and everything like that. You kind of, you kind of felt it. Was there anything like, what was that the biggest risk that you saw at the time? Was there, cause it seems like it was a fairly easy, you already had the contract put together. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't too much, too much risk in that. But what are you thinking at that time was the biggest risk for you? The failure of not performing or. I didn't even think about that. Um, the risk would be, I had a set salary. I had health benefits, okay. um, you know, putting into retirement, all of those secure things. Um, and so I knew I had to have my own health insurance and pay for it, but also have the revenue coming in to be able to support that as well as, you know, I had a condo. So paying my mortgage and my HOA fees. And so again, just making sure that I, I ran the numbers, but the way that it worked out with this contract, I was getting exposure to hundreds of suppliers, alcoholic beverage, food, non-alcoholic beverage housewares that I never would have had I not had that opportunity. So the business was coming in and it was all word of mouth and it was all through this retailer. And um, so the main risk was just going from something that was just ultimately so secure to I'm going to have, am I allowed to say bad words? Go right ahead. Work my ass off. <gasps> I was like, is this is this a PG podcast or uh, PG thirteen? Um, so yeah, just I, you know, the the creator of your own destiny, basically. But that was that was the risk was the security. I had the support of my family and my friends, and I knew I could do it. I mean, there was no, there was nothing else that I wanted to do, and I've I've actually never felt so fulfilled and for so long um, as I have having my, my company. I mean, it, it sounds like a lot, a lot of the time or not a lot of time, but there's some people that you talk to that have the dream, have the goal of wanting to do it yet. They don't make that jump. Right. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like because you calculate everything out, that gave you the, the strength to actually push through. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Was there a time after you made the jump, that you're like, maybe I've made the wrong decision. Does that ever come about? I don't know if I would call it that I, I mean, you know, having your own company is not always bumblebees and roses. And anybody who's listening, I know, you know, exactly. I mean, you, you're in your business too. Like, you know, some days you're like, screw this. I'm just going to go to work at freaking Starbucks. (laughs) They have benefits. But then I'm like, oh, but then I have to go work at Starbucks and I have to, answer to this. And then I still have to deal, you know, 
I, I don't get to choose my, my clients or, you know, my team. And, um, so then you're like, okay, reel it back in. And by the way, I love Starbucks and I'm going to get some this afternoon, but I don't necessarily want to work there. So what about coffee bean? Coffee in general, but wrong decision. No, but anytime those feelings of fear or indecision or, um, you know, should I, shouldn't I is just taking control of the situation. And, you know, that's what you have to do as a CEO is just, you're always making decisions. You may not have a hundred percent of the information, but you have at least 10% where you can make a decision and whether it's the right one or not, you have to make it. And then you've, you know, figure it out, but wrong decision. No, but definitely some moments where I'm just like F this, and then five minutes later, it's like, oh, okay, let's just get back to biz. How are we going to solve this? What are we going to do? You know, 2000, um, 2018 was a really rough year for us. We were just on an upward slope, just going, 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 and doubling in business and hiring and all these wonderful things. And then um, 2018, there was the new, um, it was the dynamics versus, I can't remember who, uh, case where all of this new ABC tests came about in California with the contractor versus employees. So we literally had to, within less than a month, we converted hundreds of our contractors in California over to employees. We built systems. I promoted somebody to office coordinator to handle all the payroll and the HR and created a new department. And at the time it was it was tough. I mean, I just, I had a six month old and those were some, some pretty low moments, but I had my team and I, you know, I couldn't give up for them and I had to just keep going and we found solutions and we built things. And now it's, I feel like we're, you know, a leader in the industry because of everything we've done. I've had people come to me and say, how did you do that? And um, it just feels really good. And just knowing anytime you're in those challenges that there's always the other side. So, you know, what are you going to do to get to the other side? That was a really long answer. To no, it was, a, it was a good one though. It was a good one. I mean, the, how do you allow yourself to, and I'm assuming you're a pretty creative person. Um, and how do you allow yourself to see the other side? Mm-hmm. I think um, it's mindset. It's definitely mindset, but having gone through things before and knowing there's another side or having now the knowledge like, okay, when this happened before, what did we do? What was our strategy and what were our processes and who did we talk to? Um, Having my team is huge because they're my sounding boards. So when we have challenges come up, we have a once a month meeting to talk about big challenges that are going on with the company and work through things. And, um, you know, having a team that's amazing by your side definitely helps and being able to trust in them and delegate to them to help you with things and to feel comfortable taking risks to share their ideas is huge. Um, but it's, it's a lot of mindset, but it's also experience and um, reaching out to people who have been through things before and having those resources too. 
what do you what do you think was the the biggest push for you to get a coach in 2015? I had been growing organically through I guess that was early years um, by myself and or I had a couple people on my team but I knew I needed help to get to the next level you know I I knew I only knew what I knew and I didn't know what I didn't know so I wanted to know what I didn't know so I could get to the next level I hope that makes sense but um, I knew I needed help. And I didn't want a consultant. I wanted a coach. I wanted somebody who's going to, you know, be with me through all of this and help me through challenges and wins. And so I was referred by a friend to um, shout out to coach Carrie Kaufman with action coach. She's the best if anybody's looking for somebody. And, um, you know, I knew that there were things that I needed to change in the business and within myself, but I didn't really know where to start or what to start with first. And so I needed somebody to help me organize all of that because yes, being a creative and a visionary, it's like you have so many things all the time that you want to do and you want to implement or where should I start first or projects here, projects there. So having somebody to help guide, but I wanted to get to the next level and she did. And we doubled the first two years with her. We doubled in revenue, profit, um, my team, we doubled, we added more States to our service areas so it was, it was definitely a good decision. I still work with her. Fantastic. Yeah. What um now to get all those positives, I know you already talked about some kind of some of the hurdles that you've had to overcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you look into one, two hurdles you think those were big times right there that it could have happened a lot different? I wasn't a really bad situation. Anything like that happened? I mean, our current situation, you know, our current state of affairs. We're, we're in the business of face-to-face experiences and that's how we help build brands. And so when all of this started happening, um, it was, it was interesting because I had, I would have friends and people reach out like, Oh, you know, we're so worried. And are you okay? And it's like, I mean, yes, it was in the beginning. It was okay. Uh Oh, you know, we need to, what do we need to do? I'm just making sure that we're, I was looking at what I needed to look at, which was how's our cash situation. Um, you know, how long can we be okay with the cash that we have and cash coming in? And what about my team? Like, how can I work that where I don't have to lay people off? We can, you know, cut hours so that we can all stay on and work on projects to help continue to grow the business and be there for our customers. And so, um, Right now, I think, or even, you know, six weeks ago, I guess it would be when all of this started happening, would be challenging. Um, but I definitely did not let the fear take over. I definitely had moments, but, and I was very, very transparent the entire time with my team about what was going on and what we were doing and what we were going to do and what my plans were. And, Um, making sure that they were engaged and having my operations manager, making sure her team was engaged and working on things and checking their, you know, mental health through all of this, but it allowed us to pivot. And I have been, you know, it's constantly like, how can we better scale? Because every time we do more volume, we have more people to pay because everything that we do is around um, using humans. Right. So, 
having the brain power and the time to be able to look at where can we really grow and where can we pivot and it's online. So, you know, in the past six weeks, we've been working on being able to offer an additional service to our clients where we can take their brand and use our team to get their followers engaged with the brand and help drive sales and help drive, you know, traffic to stores. And um, so we're, we're actually testing that this week and I'm going to roll it out in the next week or two. And then another digital service with, again, all around experiences and because that's our core purpose is to provide experiences. And um, so it's just, you know, instead of looking at like the fear and, you know, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen. And are we going to be okay? It's like, no, we're, we're going to be just fine. And I knew that I would say week two when all this was happening, because week one, it's like, Oh shit. Okay. Got to get this together. I got to talk with this person. What are we going to do? And it's just, it's crazy. It's um, it's been a blessing in disguise. And I know there's a lot of businesses that are hurting and it pains me and we're doing what we can to support them. But I feel very, very blessed that we are in the position that we're in and that we have been able to grow from this. I mean, that's, that's one of the things I say to people too, for in, in our line, like there's stuff I put on the back burner for the digital platform. And now I'm kind of forced into yes. to do it. So yeah. no, I really understand that. Yeah. Uh, if, if you could look at maybe yourself, that person that was doing the promotional stuff on the side for someone else's kind of company, mm-hmm. what kind of advice would, would you give to that person? Like if they're looking to kind of follow your footsteps or even yourself when you were back then doing the promotional stuff? Um. To get into this line of work, I would say, um, you know, you definitely want to research which companies there's, there's so many companies now and they're popping up all the time. Um, research the companies that your peers are working with and that have a good standing and reputation. Um, unfortunately there are some companies that are not as reputable and we find that, you know, brand ambassadors don't get paid or get into really sticky situations at their events. So, you know, look for a company that you align with, you know, see what their core values are and and what kind of brands they work with and what kind of events they do. Um, You know, when you're applying to work, make sure that you have your pictures don't have to be professional, but make sure that they show you who you are and feel free to include, you know, a candid picture of you hiking or, with your dog or something just to give a more personal note and um, you know, maybe even taking some sales courses and, um, and not even, you know, deep in depth writing sales scripts and doing all of that, but just learning some sales techniques because if you're reliable and you're communicative and you're engaging and you enjoy what you do and it shows, then the sales part just, often comes naturally as well. I'd be doing everyone a disservice if I didn't at least ask. So what are the quote unquote sticky situations? Like what, (laughs) what kind of issues can come about? So people listening and they're not kind of, they're at least aware of it. So if that, yeah. Yeah. Um, There are, we have heard of some other situations where, somebody's told that they're going to be doing one thing and then they get to the event and they're doing another or um, 
uh, we've had people that have quit companies where they they know they're going to be going to do a bar promotion. Um, you know, perhaps a sales rep is there and the sales rep is pushing them to drink. Um, so th- those kinds of things um, are some of the stories that we've heard from other companies or agencies. And not to, I don't want to talk badly about other agencies because that may not be an agency thing, but it might be, a you know, these are just things that sometimes happen. Oh, I mean, uh, I think when some people get power, you know, they they sometimes sometimes can abuse it. So I guess I could see, you know, a sick situation. So what's so what's next? I know you've talked about the idea of going virtual. You're having that popping out fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else in, in the works? Anything in the back of your head that if this quarantine goes on for a lot longer, you're going to be rolling out in the next couple of months? Yes. So we are. I don't want to give away too much. Okay. Um, yes. So yes, um, we are working on a consumer generated marketing service. So social media influencing and, um, and then another line of digital services. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. We'll, we'll leave that at that. Um, and if someone's uh, looking for your services, uh, they want to see if maybe the, the area that they live in, you guys work in, What's the best way of following you, reaching out? What's the best way of going forward? Yes, thanks for asking. Um, they can go to our website, uh, which is Miris, M-I-R-U-S, promotions.com. And there's all sorts of information about the company, about how to become brand ambassador. Um, if there's any you know, companies out there that want to work with us where maybe you didn't think about, oh my gosh, I never thought about using brand ambassadors. Or if you want to use our team to help you know, give you more exposure online, reach out. Um, we're on Instagram at Miras Promotions, Facebook Miras Promotions. We don't do a lot on Twitter, um, and we're on LinkedIn as well. well. Why? Why not? Why not a lot on Twitter? Like the platform, not visuals. Um, it... You know, I'm, it just hasn't been a focus, okay. and it's not really my previous marketing communication specialist. She just wasn't. I don't know if she was necessarily as expert as she is in some of the other platforms. Um, but I do have some of my internal team working on our social media now. And they did mention something about Twitter and I'm like, okay, now I have to kind of get past what is it and how could it work? And am I okay? I don't know. I don't understand Twitter as much. So, but if, you know, my team does and they can figure it out. Great. And there's so many different social media platforms. I actually just mm-hmm. got on TikTok a couple months ago. Oh, you did? See, I need to look at it because I don't know. I'm like, am I supposed to dance? What do I do on here? It's it, it's very interesting. Dancing, it's short clips. But I, I just heard that YouTube is doing a similar platform to TikTok. They're doing shorts. So we'll see how, how that all goes out. But So uh, technology. I'm on TikTok, I'm going to see your mini dances. Oh, no, I don't do dance. I do more <laughs> of visual stuff of like, Real estate, that kind of stuff. Try to oh, gotcha. Okay, I, I try to keep some kind of correlation to it, but show off the, the humor that me and my team kind of have. Yeah, so, yeah. very cool. Uh, well, any any last words you want to throw out to the listeners? Anything like that? Gosh, I would say, um, you know, if you're if you're an entrepreneur or if you're in business and you're you're struggling, just know that. It's like when you go to Yosemite and you're in the valley and you look up and you see the beautiful peaks 
that's, that's essentially how I look at business. There's going to be peaks and valleys and just know that those peaks are still there and they're still beautiful. Um, I think right now, I think just remembering that everything's temporary and focus on what you can control and use your team to the best of their abilities. They're there for you and they believe in you and that's probably it. And thank you, Vinny, for this opportunity. It was great talking to you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you for being on the platform. I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know about promotional stuff. So now I do. <laughs> there you go. See. <laughs> if you're looking to get into the promotional business, beware of the the red flags. And it's all about basically being a personal. I think I think with most sales positions, being personal, mm-hmm. you know, and have that communication, allowing yeah. yourself to dive deeper, allowing yourself to, yeah. So, no, I, I appreciate all your time, Julie. And I'm glad we were able to get this in the book and get you on the podcast. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.